Tonight, we continue in our Bible study in Mark, um, uh, our uh, Dig Deeper Bible study. Uh, our, today, the chapter is going to be chapter 8. And before we start reading, I just want to tell you, just to lay the, the foundation for this Bible study, Jesus is going to be uh, talking to three different kind of people. First of all, he's going to be speaking to a big crowd. He's going to be blessing a big crowd. They're not, they're not uh, uh, Jews, they're Gentiles. And then the second group, he's going to be speaking to the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And then, finally, he's going to be talking to the disciples. And in each section of this story, these three different stories, so three different sections... We're going to find out that these three different people just, they missed the point, the main idea, what he, what Jesus wanted to tell, what Jesus wanted to show, what Jesus wanted them to understand, they just missed it. Have you ever missed the point? Yes. I've done it so many times. I learned a new word from you guys, the word is clueless. Uh, so I didn't know what that meant until I heard this story about this kid that came in crying from school. He, he stepped down from the bus. He went out to the, over to the house. He was crying. He knocked on the door. The door was open, and he started just crying, bawling, saying, Mom, Mom, at, at school people call me clueless. And then she goes, Son, this is not your house. Next door. And so many people are like that, right? There's, you see that you have the facts right in front of you, but just, you just don't get it, you know? And maybe, maybe that's how we are tonight. I don't know. I was singing, and I was thinking about that as Tony was leading us, and, and uh, sometimes we just miss the point. And tonight, I just wanted to remind you guys through the Bible studies that... Um, Jesus is the point. He is the center. And so today we're going to start reading Mark chapter 8. And the first section of our story is going to be verses 1 to 10. So I'm going to read that with, uh, for you. So in those days, the multitude began uh, being very great and having nothing to eat. Jesus called his disciples to him and said to them, I have compassion. You maybe want to underline that word. I have compassion on the multitude because they have now continued with me three days and have nothing to eat. And if I send them away hungry to their own houses, they will faint on the way. For some of them have not uh, have come from far. Then the disciples answer him, how can we satisfy these people? See that word, these people? They're not uh, Jews, they're Gentiles, and so... You guys know what they try to say. How can we satisfy these people with bread here in the wilderness? And he asked them, how many loaves uh, you have? And they said, seven. So he commanded the multitude to sit down and on the ground. And he took the seven loaves and he gave thanks, broke them and gave them to the, his disciples. So they, uh, so they, to set before them, sorry, and they set them before the multitude. They also had a few small fish, and having blessed them, he said to uh, set them also before them. So they ate and were filled, and they took up seven large baskets of leftovers. 
Um, and then now those who had eaten were about 4,000, uh, 4, and he sent them away. Immediately got into the boat with his disciples and came to the region of uh, Dalmanuta. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for this, for your word. Jesus, thank you for your love and kindness, your compassion. Please help us tonight not to miss the point. Help us to come to your word humbly as kids, trusting that you can speak to our hearts, trusting, Lord, that you have control, trusting that you want us to know you. Lord, just speak to our hearts. In your name we pray. Amen. Uh, the first thing I want you to take from tonight is this. If you're only seeking Jesus for earthly blessings, you are missing the point. If you're only seeking Jesus for earthly blessings, you are missing the point. Jesus was ministering in an area called the Capolis, which meant 10 different cities. Uh, they're all Gentiles. And he did something that he already done before. You already read that. He fed uh, 5,000 people before. Those people were Jews. They were, they were his people. Now he's doing the same thing, but with Gentiles. He's feeding 4,000 people. And he's... Showing this, he's doing this miracle in front of, in front of uh, all of them to show exactly what we read before, that he had compassion also on them. That he loved also those people. That he, his love doesn't make difference of people. That his love is for everybody. Uh, but the main point, he doesn't, I mean, you know, he, he knows that there's people around the world that are starving. They have needs. And so he doesn't really, even though he has mercy and compassion, the main idea, the main point is that the best blessing they could have is to have Jesus. They wanted them. He, Jesus, wanted those people to know him and to appreciate him. And I really, when I was reading this and he said, I have compassion, I just, it's reminded me of what God said in Hosea 11.8. It says, oh, how can I give you up, Israel? Israel, how can I let you go? How can I destroy you like Adma or demolish you at Se like Seboim? My heart is torn within me and my compassion overflows. That's the way God failed for Israel. And that's the way Jesus failed for those people. His compassion, his love was overflowing. And that's the way God feels for us tonight. Do you, do you believe that? He's not the only, he, he is the true God. He is a true savior. But there's something that he wanted them to understand. That that compassion was for them. Not only that, that his compassion could satisfy. His compassion could satisfy. Not only that, that he had the power to do it also. 
I mean, he's doing the same thing as he did to the Jews. He, he multiplied the bread. He multiplied the fish. And we know that story. And maybe we, we might miss the point if we try to figure out what, what does it mean, what bread means, what fish means. It doesn't mean anything. It's just bread and it's fish. The point is that God is there to provide. Jesus is there to provide. And they got the benefit from it. But this is the sad part of this. This is the really sad part of it. Let's read verses 9 and 10. Now those who had eaten were about 4,000 people or men, and he sent them away. Immediately got into the boat with his disciples. This is what I don't read here. And they kept following Jesus. It's not there. You know why? Because they went home. They didn't follow Jesus. They were satisfied with the bread. They were satisfied with the fish. They were satisfied with a little good word. They followed Jesus for three days and they were like, okay, it was a good time. Three days of following Jesus, being fed spiritually and being fed now physically. I go back home, just do, do my regular life. Nobody else followed Jesus Christ. And that is really, really sad. Because they miss the point. They miss Jesus Christ. Jesus not only wants to bless you physically, but he has more than that. He has spiritual blessings. He has more. Those spiritual blessings are eternal life, peace, real satisfaction. Like uh, Tony was saying, just a real relationship with God. We are, if you're a Christian, you are his son and daughter. And that's what is important. And they went back without that. They were satisfied with just that. They saw the hand who fed them. They were amazed of the miracle. But they never stopped to see his face of grace. They never pondered on his love in order to fall in love with Jesus Christ. They were amazed of his miracles, but they didn't love Jesus. So many people today like that, isn't it? They're amazed of what God is doing. Oh, they're impressed for our, by our church. That's a beautiful church. That's a beautiful uh, worship. Oh, look at those um, uh, screens. It's so amazing. And they, they, they go out impressed, but not in love. Maybe you're here and that's the way you are today. You're impressed by our, the way we are as a church. You're impressed because we're organized. You're impressed because of the things we're doing. You're impressed because people are, are uh, gentle or just welcoming. And you're impressed by it. Let me tell you something. God wants you to love him. God wants you to know him. Jesus came here not to impress you. He came to love you and to find you, and to change you, and to give you a new life, a new future. Do you understand what I'm saying? He didn't come here. I mean, he can bless you. He can give you many things. But sometimes we're like, 
we're like that people that he described before. Chapter 4, he, Jesus described this kind of people that they have thorns in their lives. This is how he said it, Mark 4, 18 and 19. Now, those, uh, now these are the ones sown among, among thorns, sorry. They are the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things entering in choke the word, and it comes unfruitful. So many people are like that. They miss the point. They're asking for a blessing. They're asking for a change in their family. They're asking for something different. They're asking for, to feel better, to feel good. As soon as they get that, they forget about Jesus, and they forget that it's about a relationship with him. And they don't follow Jesus Christ anymore. Let me tell you something. The omniscient Jesus still sees every single need. Isn't it interesting that the disciples were there also? They saw the multitude, but they, they were clueless. They didn't see the need. Jesus saw it. And let me tell you something else about that. This is a lesson for us. Because you might feel like nobody sees you, nobody understands you, nobody cares about you. Jesus cares, and he sees, and he knows your need. And he's able to satisfy that. Whatever need is there, he's able to satisfy it. But the only way to receive satisfaction from, from Jesus Christ is through a relationship with him. The only way you can uh, really experience through satisfaction is through a relationship with him. So many, so many people are seeking Jesus' hands, but not his face. So many people are seeking his power, but not his love. And today, I just want to remind you, don't miss the point. It's about you and Jesus Christ. He's able to bless you, for sure. He's able to give. He's able to provide. He's able to create in order to, to satisfy your physical needs, the needs of your soul and your spirit. He can do that. He has done it. And he will do it. But it's about knowing him, loving him, and following him. And being in love with Jesus Christ. And so I, I do want to ask you today, do you feel in love with Jesus? You don't have, you don't have to answer. It's, an, it's a question that you need to think about. Well, maybe, maybe you are like this people right now, or sometimes we are like that. Which is to receive the blessing, the Thursday blessing, or the Sunday blessing. And then we go back to our house and live like normal. Don't miss the point. Jesus is the satisfaction, your relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen? Let's read verses 11 and 2, 13. Then the Pharisees came out and began to dispute with him, seeking from him a sign from heaven, testing him. But he sighed deeply in his spirit and said, Why does this generation seek a sign? Assuredly, I say to you, no sign shall be given to this generation. And he left them, and getting into the boat again, departed to the other side. Interesting story, right? This is the second thing I want uh, you to take. If you come to Jesus based 
and your misconceptions, you will miss the point. If you come to Jesus based on your misconceptions about the Bible, about Jesus, about God, about yourself, you're going to miss the point. This is what happened exactly to these people. So, you know, the Gospel of Matthew says that not only the Pharisees, but also the Sadducees came together. And it's interesting because these two groups, they're enemies. But, you know, there are that old saying, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Well, that's what happened here. They have never got to, gotten together. They couldn't reconcile their, their differences except, except to go against, against Jesus. And it just tells me about the way the world is, right? As soon as, I mean, the, this world fights against Jesus Christ. Do you understand that? That's why we are not able to be friends with the world. That's why Christians can't be friends with the world. Because we're Jesus' sons and daughters. We belong to him. And there's no way we can be friends with them. They can be friends with each other to fight against Jesus Christ. And so they came together. They, even they already had this idea, Mark 3, verses 22, verse 22 says that they already believe, both of them believe that the miracles that Jesus did was because of the power of Satan. They said that, that because of the power of Satan, he was able to uh, cast out demons. So they already had an idea about Jesus Christ. Now they come here, and they are, they're asking Jesus Christ for a sign. They already had many signs. They're not asking for a sign because they didn't see or they're no, they don't know about signs. They already have many it's interesting that there's a word here is they came to dispute against Jesus. That means they're trying to gain control. That's the, the, the meaning of that word is they're trying to gain control over Jesus Christ. They came to test Jesus Christ. That was to, just to put an obstacle for him, to put an, a stumbling block to him. So my idea, I think this is what happened. This is what's happening right here is that it's not that they need a sign. They're just waiting for him to mess up. Probably they're thinking like, okay, he, he has done all these miracles, but maybe this time he's going to mess up. And as soon as he messes up, we're going to be there to point it out. And I think that's the, the whole idea of them. You know, so many people come to Jesus like that. They're not trusting God. They come to with their own worldview, and they're trying to interpret Jesus according to their worldview. That's not the way you can, that's, you cannot know Jesus that way. You have to understand that Jesus is above us, that he is the creator, that he is God. There's no way you can understand Jesus Christ. There's no way we can, uh, and there's no way nobody can um, I've lost the word, but nobody, there's no way that you can make Jesus stumble. That's probably the idea I want to put. You can make Christians stumble, but not Jesus Christ. That's amazing. I think that's, for me, that's a blessing to know that I follow a king. I follow a Lord that will never stumble, you know. And and many times we, this is a, probably a side lesson, but 
So many people are hurting right now because they've seen their leaders stumble. And I just want to tell you something. Jesus doesn't stumble. He will never fail you. He will never, never forsake you. He's not, he's not able to be, I mean, he's not able to sin, and he will never sin against you or nobody. He is perfect. You can trust Jesus Christ. Uh, and uh, it's interesting to see here. So they're asking for signs, but it's really that they, they don't want to believe the signs they already saw. So Jesus knows, how, you know, there's people that, are, that have doubts, and it's fine to have doubts. Jesus knows your doubts, and he has patience when you have doubts. Let me tell you what, Jesus doesn't tolerate people that are not willing to believe. There's a difference between having doubts and people that are just, they have already decided that they are not going to believe. This is the kind of people that are talking to Jesus right now. Even they can, they've seen miracles. They've seen Jesus talk. They've seen Jesus uh, cast demons. They've seen all of it. They know the stories about him feeding thousands of people, but they're not willing to believe because they already decided that their beliefs are bigger and better than Jesus Christ. And so many people are like that today. They come to church but they're not willing to hear, listen, and to learn. They come and they listen to the word only to go against it, only to go against Jesus Christ. They already decided that Jesus is not the way. They already decided that Jesus is not worthy of trust. And let me tell you something, Jesus knows those hearts. Jesus knows those hearts. He has compassion on you, but he's not going to cater to your desires. He's not going to cater to your desires. So many times we ask because we don't believe in Christ or we don't believe in his promises. We are asking God to cater to our own desires. And he's not, we need to understand that our misconceptions will not change Jesus Christ. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus came to bring his kingdom, to show his way, to establish his authority. He came to save his people. He came to save us from this worldly politics. He came to save us from our vain philosophies. He came to save us from our, our own wicked thoughts and understanding. Jesus said, this generation, it's interesting that he uses this word, this generation. And I think Jesus is thinking about the people of Israel in the past. I'm going to read to you a couple of verses because this is not a new word in the Bible. The Old Testament, uh, 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 God talks about Israel and he refers to Israel as a generation, a wicked generation. Bible says like this, they, they have acted corruptly toward, towards me. They are not his children because of their defect, but are perverse and crooked generation. Then he said, I will hide my face from them. I will see what their end shall be, for they are perverse generation, sons in whom is no faithfulness. Psalm 95 verse 10 says, For forty years, 
I loathe this generation, and say they are people who err in their heart, and they do not know my ways. Therefore, I swore in my anger, truly, they shall not enter into my rest. There's this kind, this, there's this kind of people that will not enjoy Jesus Christ. Because they missed the point. Because they decided that their thoughts, their politics, their worldview, their philosophy, their desires are more important than Jesus Christ and his purpose for you. I pray today. I pray today. And I, and I call, like Peter said, in many words, he testified and exhorted, be saved, be saved from this perverse regeneration. Please, if you're like that, if you have that in your heart, that you want to fit God into your own ideas, please be saved from this generation because you're going to miss God. You're going to miss Jesus Christ. He cannot be fitted into your ideas. You need to be transformed into his glory. You need to be transformed into his way. You need to receive his commandments, his desire for you. And let me tell you something. His desire for you is good and it's perfect. It's perfect. Be saved from this perverse, gener perverse generation. And I, I also have a word for Christians, for us believers. We need to understand the kind of generation we live in. Sometimes we try to cater to our generation. We're missing the point. If we try to cater to our generation, we're missing the point. We are light. Light doesn't cater to darkness. We don't adjust to the world. The world needs to see the light. We are different, church. Can you say that? We are different. We're not the same. We're not superior, but we're different. We're not better, but we're different. We're sinners like everybody else, but we know the way, the truth, and the life, and that's Jesus Christ. And we follow him. We follow Jesus Christ. And so uh, Jesus said, you know, I'm not going to give you nothing. I really love that, you know, because he's, he's like, I'm not giving. I, you know what? Speak to the hand, right? <laughs> he just turns around and he just leaves them. And sometimes that's the best thing we can do. That's the best thing. we could. Sometimes we try to, to convince people about Jesus Christ. We don't need to convince people about Jesus Christ. He is love. He is God. I believe it. If you don't believe it, that's your miss. That's your miss. You're missing. We can invite people to know Jesus Christ. We can invite people to understand that he has a plan for them. But we are not able to force people. And Jesus didn't force anybody to follow him, especially this kind of people. Especially this kind of people. And he said, I'm not going to be catering to you. Do you know what? Just see you later. And he left. 
they already decided, these people already decided that they wanted Jesus dead. Do you understand that? They already decided that. If you read uh, chapters before, it clearly says that they wanted Jesus dead. They're not trying to change. They're just trying to prove their point. Praise God. That can never happen and will never happen because Jesus is conqueror. He is the king of kings and lord of lords. He resurrected and he, that's what he said. I'm, not, I'm just going to give you one last sign. The sign of Jonah. Remember? That's what he said in Matthew. I'm going to give you just one sign. The sign of Jonah. Three days in the belly of the fish. And then he came out. That's exactly what happened to Jesus Christ. Three days in the tomb. And now our Lord is risen. And that is the sign. He is resurrected. And because he lives, we will live tomorrow. Amen. Let's read verses 14 and 21. So he already dealt the multitude, missed the point. Obviously, this religious people missed the point. And now he's back. He's, he's riding the boat back to the other side of the river, or the, the lake, sorry. Uh, and he's talking to disciples. And this is kind of a funny story. It says, verse 14, Now the disciples had forgotten to take bread. Jesus just multiplied the bread. There were lots of baskets of bread. And nobody remember to bring some for the trip. It just, it is funny. You know, I went to uh, Mexico, this, uh, to Tijuana, I just told you. Uh, I went on Sunday night. And as soon as I get to, to my room, I open my, my suitcase and I see, and there's no socks. There's, there's, I have everything except socks. And I call my wife. There's no socks on my luggage. Aren't you supposed to put them on? And I was like, okay, so for two days I wear the same socks. Uh, and so it, it's, I know the feeling. You know, when you forget something and you're on a trip and you feel like you need it, and I, that's where they are right now. They didn't have any bread. Verse 14, uh, 15, then he charged them saying, take heed, <laughs> beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. And they reasoned among themselves saying, it is because we have no bread. <laughs> but Jesus, being aware of it, said to them, why do you reason because you have no bread? Do you not yet perceive, nor understand? You are missing the point. Is your heart still hardened? Having eyes, do you not see? Having ears, do you not hear? And do you not remember? When I broke the five loaves for the 5,000, how many baskets full of uh, uh, fragments did you take up? They said, 12. Also, when I broke the seven for the 4,000, how many large, large baskets full of fragments did you take up? They said, seven. So he said to them, how is it you do not understand? 
This is the third thing, third thing I want you to remember. If you don't pay attention, you will miss the point. If you don't pay attention, you're going to miss the point. Jesus uses this time. I, I, I just, I can see right now Peter, just Peter. I don't know why Peter, but just Peter. And he's like, hey, guys, I'm hungry, and there's no bread for my tortas, for my and he's like, he's upset, you know. And obviously, they're going to take it upon the smallest, which is John. And John said, you know, I was with Jesus. I don't know about anything. You know, you, you know and they're just blaming each other. And Jesus uses that point right there. He doesn't care about bread. You know, we know that. But he uses that time, that point of conflict, to teach his disciples. Are you in a conflict right now? Are you going through some trials? Are you going through some issues in your marriage with your kids, with your mother-in-law? Is something going on there? Can Jesus fix that? Yes, he can. That's not the point, though. The point is what Jesus wants to teach you through that process. We miss the point. He, he can fix the, the bread issue. He can fix that. But he's trying to teach them something. And he uses that. He's trying to grab their attention. And maybe today Jesus is trying to grab your attention through trials, through something. There's Maybe you're, you, you don't have a job. Maybe you're... Your bill came larger. I don't know what's going on. But just Jesus trying to bring your attention. He talks about the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Pharisees, and you can read that. He's talking about their religious self-righteousness. He's talking about that. He's not talking about actual leaven. He's talking about the sinful attitude of these people. He's talking about the hypocrisy of the Pharisees. And he's saying, beware of that. Beware of the sin. He's talking about Herod. And he's probably talking about, you know, there's a, there's a political movement called the Her Her Herodians. And they talk about worldliness. You know? Maybe back then they also had colors, blue and red. I don't know. But he's, he's saying, beware. Beware. That's not good for you guys. Sometimes we, we, we think about that or we miss the point. He was warning his disciples about the temptation of legalism. He was warning, he's warning his disciples about hypocrisy, of worldliness. But they missed the point. They said, oh, Jesus is upset. He's probably hungry too. <laughs> that's, that's, you know, he's probably hungry too. There, there's the spiritual truth failed to impress their souls because their minds were not open to it. The spiritual truth didn't go through them. You know, they were more concerned about the physical than the spiritual. They were more concerned about that. They didn't listen to Jesus. And 
you know, I think when, you know, he said the leaven of, of the Pharisees, and maybe somebody there was all speaking of leaven, bread, and, and then that triggered their conflict. That has happened to me. Sometimes I'm at church listening to the sermon, and then the pastor just says a, a word or a concept that triggers my mind. And before I know it, I'm not listening to the sermon anymore. I'm just thinking about what he said. Have you ever been there? You know? He starts talking about basketball. He mentions basketball, and I'm just, oh, you know. You know, he's trying to make a point, but now I'm thinking about the NBA, you know. Maybe, you know, that's how we are. We have to struggle with that. We have to learn to discipline our minds and our hearts to the spiritual things. We need to learn that. And maybe today you're struggling with that. He said, you know, he, he told them, you have eyes, don't see. You have ears, don't listen. It's, it's interesting. They saw the whole thing. They saw how Jesus multiplied the bread. He saw how they ta he talked to the Pharisees. He, they knew. I mean, they knew. Peter knew. Peter told Mark, and that's why Mark is writing right now. Peter knew about this, but he just missed the point. He had untrained senses. They had their senses were untrained to perceive the spiritual. Christian, this is our part. We need to train ourselves, our senses, to perceive the spiritual. You understand what I'm saying? This is so important for us because Jesus is, is talking to us. God has not stopped talking. He keeps talking to his people. He keeps communicating to us. He wants to understand spiritual realities, but we're not able to understand them because our senses are not trained to listen to the Lord. Our senses are trained to listen to Netflix. Our senses are trained to, to follow food. Our senses are trained to follow what we see or we like. That's not the way. Hebrews 5.14 says, But solid food belongs to those who are of full age. That is, those who by reason of use, reason of use, have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. To discern good and evil. Let me tell you something. Every time that this book is open in this place is the word of God, the bread of God. It's only about you and me being able to open our senses and receive what he has for us today, every Sunday. It's easy for us to blame the teacher. Don't blame me. Don't blame me. We need to start seeing that if we have ears, if we have eyes, if we have hearts, and if we have minds, we need to train our lives to hear the spiritual. How can we do that? Let me give you some tips. First of all, ask God, God, open my mind to the spiritual. Give me discernment. Open my eyes, Lord. Quiet your spirit. 
I mean, it's something that you could do even before coming to church. Don't watch TV. Turn off your TV or your phone. And take 10 minutes before you come to church and be at peace with the Lord. Train your senses. Come ready to receive. Before you read the Bible, take a minute just to think about God. Train your senses to listen to the Lord. And say, like Samuel said, Lord, speak. Here I am. I'm ready to listen. And he will speak to our hearts. Jesus said to the disciples, your hearts are hardened. They're so busy with bread. They're so busy fighting to each, with each other that they couldn't receive the message. Business is really hard for our hearts and relationship with God. Maybe you're like that tonight. You're so busy. You're so uh, preoccupied with things that it's really hard for you to receive right now. Your heart, is, it's heavy. Your mind is heavy. And my voice is putting you to sleep right now. I've been there. Have you been there? My heart just hardened, you know, and I'm, I'm trying to listen. Like, like and I slap myself, you know, and I just don't get it. And the preacher, uh, Pastor Derek, could be just like he pouring out his heart, being here, and it's just, but I don't get it. It's not his fault. I allowed the world to harden my heart. I allowed business to harden my heart. I allowed quarreling to harden my heart. I allowed just the, the, my needs to harden my heart. Today I tell you, soften your heart. Prepare your heart for Jesus. Prepare your heart for God because he keeps talking. He keeps seeking our hearts. Soften your heart. Maybe you're here like with a hard heart right now. Soften your heart. It's all, not only God can do it, but also it's part, you can do something about it. Soften your heart. And then he said, don't you remember? And he has to go through that process. Remember when I fed the 5,000? Remember when I fed the 4,000? How many baskets? And they answered. He went through that process of reminding them what he did and what he was able to do just for them to understand the spiritual lesson he had for them. And there's a principle for us here. We need to remember what God has done for us. We need to remember so our hearts are not hardened, and we don't miss the point every time that we encounter God. David said, I will praise you, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will tell, tell of all your marvelous works. In other versions, it says, I will remember your marvelous works. It's always good to take time and remember what God did for you. God has done so much for us. Right, Christians? He is good. He has blessed us. Oh, yeah, probably he, does, he hasn't multiplied bread for us, but he multiplies his mercies for us every single day. He multiplies his love for us. 
He multiplies his, the opportunities for us to serve him. He multiplies our family in Christ. He multiplies his grace for us. Remember his grace. Remember his mercy. Remember all that he has done for you. And you can say today, God, you are good. God, you are able. God, you are righteous. And Lord, you are right. You are right, Lord. Help me to see you and to understand you. Spurgeon said this. Hard hearts and painful unbeliefs spring up in the waste places where we bury our forgotten mercies. When we forget the mercies of God, that's when our hearts get hardened. When we forget the love and kindness of our Jesus Christ, that's where we miss the point and we're not able to listen to the Spirit anymore. That's why Jesus told the church in Ephesus, remember therefore from where you have fallen. Repent and do the first works, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from his place unless you repent. But the key word is remember. Remember. Church, Satan wants you to forget. The world wants you to forget. But today the Spirit has told us you need to remember. Now, I just want to remind you one more thing. Jesus will never leave you nor forsake you. Jesus told us, he was, he, this, this is what the Bible says, he sighed in his spirit. says, oh my goodness, you guys, you don't get it. But he, in some versions, says, you don't get it still. Meaning, you will get it. He's going to make sure they get it. And they did. They understood. That's why we have the gospel according to Matthew, Mark, John, and Luke. Because they got it. They finally got it. There was a time where God illuminated their hearts. There was a time where they received clear understanding. That happened only because of the mercy of Jesus Christ and his faithfulness towards his people. And today you might feel like, oh, I'm doomed. That's exactly where I am. I have forgotten Jesus Christ. Let me tell you something. He has not forgotten you. And he, he is faithful to stay with you until you get it. Until you get it. That's the promise. You know, he forsake the Pharisees and the Sadducees. He says, you know, I don't want anything to do with you. But he stayed with his disciples. Isn't that amazing? That he stayed with them. And then the last prayer he said to the Father, Father, the ones you gave me, I kept them. They're mine and I kept them. And today I tell you, church, he will keep you. He will keep you and he will teach you and he will guide you. Just today, remember that he's there for you. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you.
Thank you for your word, Lord. Thank you because we don't, sometimes we don't understand and we do miss the point, Lord. That's true. We do miss the point. We come to you seeking the earthly things. We come to you with our misconceptions. We come to you just not with our senses ready to receive from you. But today, would you just remind us that you are here. And the point is that we need you and that you are for us. Lord, we love you, Jesus. Thank you for your compassion, for your patience. Thank you for your faithfulness, Jesus Christ. Thank you for the cross and the victory of your resurrection. Thank you, Lord, because you have brought us today. And I know we believe you have spoken to, your, to our hearts today. As we pray, church, today, I really don't want you to miss the point. I want you, and Jesus wants you to live from here knowing that you are right with Jesus Christ. Maybe somebody here needs to get right with him. Maybe you have missed the point for a long time. Maybe just a couple days before. Come back to him. Come back to Jesus. Remember his love and mercy. Remember his patience. Remember his promises, his power. Remember his ways. Remember the old days when you didn't have Jesus Christ. How miserable were those days. And come back to the green pastures that he has for you. Today is your opportunity to say, Lord Jesus, I don't want to miss the point anymore. I want you to be the center of my senses, of my heart, my mind, my desires. So is that you? Maybe you just want to come back to Jesus. Maybe you just want to focus your mind. Maybe you, have, you haven't gone away. You keep coming to church, but you, your mind is just fading away. Your heart is fading away. Today is the day you say, Lord, I just, my heart comes back to you. And maybe you need prayer for that. I would like to pray for you. Would you please raise your hand if you need prayer in that area? Thank you. I see your hand. Thank you. I see a lot of hands. Praise God. Thank you. See your hand. See your hand back there. Thank you. I see your hand on my left. Praise God. Praise God. Because he doesn't forgive you. He doesn't leave you. doesn't forsake you. He is here to find you and to encounter you. Is there anybody here that says, you know what? I don't think I, don't, I have a real relationship with Jesus Christ. But I know I need one. I know I need Jesus Christ in my heart today. I have been missing the point. I want him to cater to my ideas instead of me just surrendering to him. And maybe today you want to do that exactly. So surrender your life to him. Give your life to Jesus Christ. Is there anybody here that wants to do that? Would you raise your hand, please? I want to pray for you. I see your hand back there. I see your hand. Thank you. 
I see your hand right here. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm going to ask you one more thing. As Tony starts, he's going to be singing this song chorus. All the people that raise their hand, could you please come up here in front? I want to pray for you, and I want to pray with you. Let's pray right now. Lord God, thank you. Thank you for your mercy and love. Today, I focus my heart, my mind, and my life towards you. I repent. I give you my life, Lord Jesus. I don't want to miss anything, nothing that you have for me. I want to, I want to receive you, your love, your plans, your mercy, and your future for me. I give you my life today. I surrender my heart to you. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.